Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We know it's been tough managing inputs and resources lately. That's why we're inviting you to the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno, California. This event is a lifeline for specialty crop growers, PCAs, CCAs, and applicators alike. It's your opportunity to get help in today's challenging landscape. What will you find at the Input Ag Summit? Cost-saving seminars, networking with experts, special panel discussions, and solutions for hard times. Visit myaglife.com backslash events today to sign up for this new and exciting conference. The California Fresh Fruit Association is appreciative of the USA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service for using emergency funding in response to the growing number of outbreaks with exotic fruit fly. President Daniel Hartwig said that CFFA is grateful to APHIS for taking a lead to address this issue on behalf of California agriculture. This funding will increase preventative activities in areas of the state and help stop the spread of outbreaks in other regions. The exotic fruit fly is one of the most destructive pests in the world, and if not eradicated, they will have a detrimental impact on California's fresh fruit industry and with trading partners. Out of a total $213 million to combat exotic invasive pests, APHIS will use $103.5 million to address known outbreaks of fruit fly in California and will begin protective activities in other areas of the country that might be susceptible to these pests. CFFA looks forward to continuing to engage on this issue with APHIS and the California Department of Agriculture. Retailer lists are now available for peaches, nectarines, and plums linked to a listeria outbreak that has killed one person and sickened others. Samples from six people were collected from August of 2018 to August 16th of this year. The samples from six people were collected from August 22nd of 2018 to August 16th of this year. The outbreak is considered ongoing by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The six people are spread across seven states and all of them have required hospitalization. While genome sequencing has allowed public health officials to match patients across several years, all with the outbreak of listeria. The Food and Drug Administration has also found the pathogen on samples of peaches from the producer. Anyone who ate recalled peaches, plums, or nectarines recently should monitor themselves for seven weeks after eating the fruit for signs of a listeria infection. The Food and Drug Administration continues to work to find out what retailers may have received recall fruit associated with this outbreak. The agency has released a list of retailers and the states where the recalled fruit has been distributed. The fruit is past its sell-by date, but there is concern that consumers may have frozen some of it for future use. In response to this investigation, Kingsburg, California-based HMC Farms has voluntarily recalled all of its peaches, plums, and nectarines sold in retail stores from May 1st of 2022 through November 15th of 2022 and from May 1st, 2023 through November 15th of 2023. The recalled fruit was sold at retail stores as individual pieces of fruit-bearing PLU stickers or in consumer packaging. However, the recalled fruit is no longer available for sale and any previously purchased fruit should be past shelf life. If you previously purchased recalled fresh peaches, plums, and nectarines and then froze them, you should throw them away if they are part of the recall or if you cannot tell if they are part of the recall. Fresh whole peaches, plums, and nectarines currently available for sale at retail are not included in this recall. For more information and for a list of where the fruit was distributed and to what states, log on to foodsafetynews.com. 
The California Milk Processor Board, renowned for pioneering the iconic Got Milk campaign, recently announced its latest advertising initiative called Get Real Inc. This campaign is designed to resonate with Californians and features actor and comedian Desi Banks, who joins forces with a crew of social media influencers. Together, they present innovative creations aimed at promoting authenticity in a world increasingly dominated by technology and artificiality. To view the campaign, you can go to gotmilk.com front slash get real. Get Real Inc. is positioned as a fictional startup with a mission inspired by a glass of real milk that humorously highlights modern society's increasing detachment from what's real. In a world filled with technology inventions that often take us further away from authenticity, Got Milk's new campaign is a refreshing call to action, reminding us to cherish the virtues of being real. That according to the California Milk Processor Board. The campaign's featured influencers and their creations include Friend Zone Bracelets by Gina Darling, Moodwear by Hawk, Real Mail by Estefani, Thinking Cat by Wang Fu Productions, and True Blade by Johnny Cakes. In addition to promoting realness, the CMPB is committed to supporting the future generation of California leaders and innovators by donating $100,000 to select boys and girls clubs across the state. Again, for more information on the campaign, log on to gotmilk.com front slash get real. Sunrise Fresh Dried Fruit CEO Jacob Jake Samuel has been awarded the Young Farmers and Ranchers Achievement Award by the California Farm Bureau. As chief executive for the Stockton, California-based company, he has helped to build the premium dried fruit business into one of the leading suppliers of unsweetened all-natural fruits for ingredient use, according to a recent news release. Samuel grows almonds and walnuts, as well as helps manage cherry, almond, and walnut production for the family-owned Samuel Farms. He's also a partner in Shade Tree Farming and is a graduate of California Polytechnic University in San Luis Obispo. To help consumers make the most of its festively packaged 10-pound carton of navel oranges this holiday season, Sunkist is offering 10 recipes and tips for making fruit purchases go further. There is a sense of nostalgia during the holidays as shoppers reflect on a shared tradition of receiving oranges in their stockings growing up, according to Cassie Howard, Senior Director of Category Management and Marketing at Valencia, California-based Sunkiss Growers Incorporated. She said that oranges during the holidays have been a special treat for centuries and they're excited to keep citrus-themed traditions alive with their 10-pound navel carton program. As inflation continues to affect grocery priorities, Sunkiss says it is committed to helping Christ-conscious shoppers continue making healthier snack and meal alternatives without compromising taste or budget this holiday season. Sunkiss 10-pound holiday cartons are available in both ribbon, crate, and gift box designs and are easily stackable for retailers to create eye-catching citrus destinations in a produce aisle to drive the category and capitalize on a holiday shopping rush, according to a news release. A recent Sunkiss Commission study found that 45% of consumers have gifted or received citrus from loved ones during the holiday season. While over half of consumers know that navel oranges are a traditional stocking stuffer, when speaking with consumers about their need for citrus this season, almost 70% reflected that recipe inspiration would increase citrus integration into holiday meals. To help consumers who are looking for stress-free holiday hosting tips or exciting new ways to make their fruit purchases go a little further this holiday season, Sunkist is offering several tips. For more information, log on to the Sunkist Growers Incorporated website. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. 
It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree net industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, sharing valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. As a certified crop advisor, you're dealing with diminishing returns. It's always, there's less of something available, less water, less fertilizer, less tools. The challenge of the crop advisor and the farmer for our future is to do more with less. Agriculture is going to deal with the the human population doubling by 2050. And how are we going to do that with the same amount of resources? So as, as you know, somebody who's looking at conservation, it's like we need to maximize our output and make better use of our input. Certified crop advisor Russell Taylor, who's vice president of Live Earth Products, discussing what conservation in agriculture means to him. Earlier this month, Taylor received the 2023 Certified Crop Advisor Conservationist of the Year Award. The award recognizes a certified crop advisor who has demonstrated leadership in conservation within the agriculture industry. As a certified crop advisor, you're dealing with diminishing returns. It's always, there's less of something available, less water, less fertilizer, less tools. It's the challenge of the crop advisor and the farmer for our future is to do more with less. Agriculture is gonna deal with the the human population doubling by 2050. And how are we gonna do that with the same amount of resources? And that's gonna be using the same amount of water and the same amount of, of, of land or even less land due to loss to development to feed that population. So as, as you know, somebody who's looking at conservation, it's like we need to maximize our output and make better use of our input. Speaking to some government higher-ups in Washington, D.C., where the award was presented, Taylor said he thinks conservation measures for agriculture are moving in the right direction. You, you see the grind on the news about Congress and how things aren't getting done, and then you go meet with the those in the Ag Committee and it's a lot of positivity because we're making big changes. The um, award was a conjunction between both government and um, non-government entities. So you see uh, the Fertilizer Institute, uh, CropLife um, International, the um, Society of Agronomy, in addition to the National Resource Conservation District, uh, the I'm trying to remember all of them like off the top of my head, but uh, you've got multiple state and federal agencies working together to recognize this award. So it wasn't done in a vacuum. It was done in conjunction with a lot of groups. Um, I had the luxury of being able to meet with the USDA head of agronomy, the USDA head of nutrient um, management, in addition to the ag committees and their offices. So I, there's a lot of positivity going on. I think um, together, as a conservationist and the groups that I mentioned, you know, we're doing great things. Taylor works in the humic product space and laid out the benefits of these and other biostimulant products. Educating as the president of the Humic Product Trade Association is one way Taylor is able to advocate for this product sector. So as president, I tried to advocate on behalf of the entire industry. And there are things that these products do and because they're a component of your soil organic matter and, and function with soil organic matter, like, you know, mitigating salt, retaining nutrients, in, improving soil aggregates to um, 
help retain water nutrients. Those are known because they're a component of your soil organic matter. Humic and fulvic acids can also be blended with fertilizers to function as what they call a nutritional chemical. And what happens is you reduce negative interactions between the plant nutrient and some other things that can reduce availability, therefore making a more efficient use of that nutrient applied. And I'll give you an example that we conducted with our company. We did a trial on corn using a liquid nitrogen called urea, uh, UAN32. And with and without humic acid, it was grower normal UAN and then uh, UAN with humic acid. We got 20 more bushels out of the same amount of nitrogen just by adding humic acid to that nitrogen. And so how that works is these products are not a nutrient themselves. And that makes them kind of fall outside the laws as far as is it a pesticide, is it a fertilizer? Technically, it's neither. It's an organic acid that stabilized the nutrient and allowed that nutrient to have a longer availability to the plant, therefore impacting its nutrient use efficiency and improving its value to the farmer. So that's how these humic substances are generally used by growers. The, the issue is, and you mentioned the plant biostimulant category, there really is no category for these products. And that's kind of where the... Uh, the hot potato falls within the state and federal government. Catch the rest of this interview to hear more perspectives on conservation in ag on tomorrow's My Ag Life podcast. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture, a better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humic Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. The U.S. Treasury Department will use a modified version of the greenhouse gases, regulated emissions, and energy in use and transportation model as a measurement to determine reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. The agency will use the model as it allocates tax credits for sustainable aviation fuels under the Inflation Reduction Act. GREAT was developed by the U.S. Department of Energy to measure greenhouse gas emissions from the field to the car or plane. USDA is joining forces with the Environmental Protection Agency to address issues associated with rural septic systems and other individual decentralized wastewater units. USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. One out of five Americans live in an area that requires use of a septic system or other individual decentralized wastewater unit as a means to protect health and safety in the event of a system failure. What this memorandum of understanding does is allows us to partner with a bunch of different agencies to ensure that we're bringing all the resources of government to bear to help people across rural America. USDA Rural Development Rural Utilities Service Administrator Andrew Burke says the MOU was originally developed by the Environmental Protection Agency in 2005, with USDA joining the Memorandum of Understanding last month. It allows us to be at the table with other people advocating for rural America and making sure that the resources that they have come to our communities, that if there are places maybe that we haven't had relationships with the past, that EPA or others know is an issue that we can get to them. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. 
The Farm Credit Administration received a quarterly report on economic issues affecting agriculture and an update on the financial condition and performance of the farm credit system. Rising interest rates have negatively impacted many of the finance-heavy sectors, including commercial real estate, banking, and farming. While many ag inputs are considerably less costly than last year, profit margins for many farmers are tighter this year, and crop producers continue to see lower commodity prices, especially for corn and wheat, compared to a year ago. The number of U.S. farm acres owned by foreign entities grew more than 8% in 2022, though the 43-point million acres of foreign-owned forest and farmland is just 3.4% of the country's agricultural land, according to a government report released recently. The issue of who owns American farmland and whether foreign ownership of farmland presents a national security risk has been hotly discussed in Washington, and some members of Congress have proposed limits on foreign-owned farmland. Foreign entities bought 3.4 million acres of U.S. farm in 2022, with the biggest increases in Colorado, Alabama, and Michigan. That according to the latest report on foreign agricultural land holdings by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Canada remains the largest foreign investor, accounting for 32% of the acres, much of which are forced in Maine. China's holdings, the primary concern of lawmakers who want to restrict foreign ownership of farms, account for less than 1% of foreign-owned acres at 350,000. That's a slight decrease from 2021. The pace of foreign farmland acquisitions has increased since 2017, averaging nearly 3 million acres annually. USDA also said it plans to update how it collects such data to better understand the impact of foreign land holdings on rural communities and the exact location of foreign-owned acres. The USDA reminds specialty crop growers that assistance is available for producers who incur eligible on-farm food safety program expenses. The expenses are part of the process for obtaining or renewing food safety certification through the Food Safety Certification for Specialty Crops program. The program is one of the many ways USDA helps support local and regional food systems and opportunities for small-scale producers, according to Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau. He says he's encouraged all specialty crop growers to discover how this program can help mitigate the costs of on-farm food safety certification, meet regulatory requirements, and apply by the January deadline. Eligible operations must grow specialty crops, meet the definition of a small business, and have paid eligible expenses related to the 2023 certification. The application for 2023 closes January 31st of 2024, and FSA will issue payments after the application period closes. For more information, log on to farmers.gov. The International Fresh Produce Association is offering a free diversity, equity, and inclusion toolkit specifically for the produce and floral industry. The toolkit helps produce businesses drive performance and boost recruitment and retention, according to the association. The association said it's also offering how-to tools and educational resources, including an online and on-demand certification to bolster staffing training and development. IFPA said the association plans to continue to add new tools to the DEI toolkit as the association and its members continue to advance efforts to attract and develop the next generation of talent and future leaders in the industry. For more information on the toolkit, log on to freshproduce.com. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see... West Coast Nut Magazine on the 
every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 